Welcome to Ball vs. Life, a podcast where your hosts, JC and Jack, discuss NorCal vs. SoCal perspectives, the Bay vs. LA. Thanks for tuning in. Let's roll. We are live. This is Ball vs. Life. I'm Jack, and my co-host JC is on the other mic. Yes, sir. What's up? We got a special guest. Mike, we got to bring in a Laker brethren to celebrate the close of the series. <laughs> Mike uh, is my brother-in-law or soon-to-be brother-in-law. Uh, he's been a guest in the past already, but he is our, our Lakers expert, you know, aside from uh, myself, I, of I course. Wouldn't, I wouldn't call myself an expert. A well, we're calling you an expert, not, dude. not an expert, man. <laughs> All right. He's, he's my, uh, my co-best big fan of the Lakers, um, Mike. Hey, how's it going, Mike? How's it going, buddy? It's going well. Thanks for uh, having me on again. It's, we were saying it's a lot has changed in the world since, since I was on the episode. Before. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Just a little yeah. bit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, before we get started, I, I do want to say, you know, rest in power, Chadwick Boseman, Black Panther. He passed away, you know, surprisingly and tragically, what, uh, a day or two ago? Um, yeah. By the time this releases, it'll probably another day has passed. So, yeah, rest in power. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. so who, who would have thought 2020 Black Mamba and Black Panther are not with us anymore? That's just tough, a tough pill to swallow. It's a really, really tough year for especially the Black community with yeah. regards to this. And, you know, what's really been surprising to us seems like it's been a, you know, a four-year journey for, for Chadwick, for Black Panther, man. And it's just like... I really give props to his team or, you know, his family for really yeah. keeping it under wraps because it feels like, you know, there was just he's doing he was doing a lot of projects during this whole time that he's been battling the colon cancer thing. And no word of it came out to the public, which is really, really interesting in this this kind of time of the, the Internet. So, yeah, man, really sad. I was actually talking to to, uh, to Christine about this. Actually, Christine obviously is Mike's Mike's sister, and we were saying his team is probably the best team to keep this under wraps. Not one leak, dude. I mean, we're talking about one of the biggest celebrities in Hollywood. Um, yeah, not one leak at all. That's crazy. Super loyal. Yeah, uh, I mean, I th- I think it's incredible. Like you kind of watch just the the body of work. You know, especially knowing that you think back on the now four years and watching back Black Panther and the yeah. Jackie Robinson movie, mm. um, you know, his, his other movies, um, the, the Five Bloods and stuff. It's yeah. it's like his his poor his performance did not suffer at all. Mm. You could definitely not tell. And and I think he wanted that way. He didn't he didn't want the sympathy. You know, he didn't want people to look at his performances in these strong black roles and 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 feel something other than empowerment for themselves mm-hmm. you know and i thought that was just amazing it's godly on his part to do something like that you know yeah it's very kobe-esque man i know yeah. man i mean these were roles that were physically demanding you yeah. know what i mean so just imagine like the toll that it was taking on his body to be to train obviously to to look like mm-hmm. he's in shape but actually to even perform props to him for being able to kind of really battle through that yeah it's a tough loss and obviously our thoughts and prayers go to you know his family and you know his friends and all the the, all his the community that he kind of built up and that's you know moving forward we just hope i just hope to we continue to celebrate these strong black 
you know, male figures that, you know, that have really been a leader in their community. Yeah, what's what's really good is like him and, and Kobe, there's just a really rich legacy that we can kind of learn from, from all of the efforts that they've kind of put in. So if there's, you know, a silver lining and, you know, I hate to say that, but you know what I mean? It's just there are lessons that, you know, the community people can learn from, from, you know, both of their tragic sort of uh, situations. So, yeah, man. Another, it's just been a tough go, man. 2020 is just throwing all of these, you know, you know, just curveballs, man. It sucks. But it's also a reminder what you can really do with your life if you really put your mind and heart into, you know, a passion or, or a, a cause that you really care about, a craft. You know, the, these two people just put, put their all into their craft and look at how beautiful um, their careers and their life has turned out. So that's, that's if anything, it's an inspiration for us all, right? Yeah. Last thing I wanted to add, and I know we we have a lot of Laker talk coming mm-hmm. up, but it's just like you're just trying uh, to avoid the Laker. Yeah, talk, I know, dude. man. I'm just trying. <laughs> I want to talk drunk, bro. Um, no, but uh, I, one thing that was really kind of uh, interesting was like um, the I think wh- what's the actor for the new Shang Chi uh, Marvel film? Simu. Yeah, Simu. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was really kind of giving props to uh, to Chadwick for mm-hmm. sort of sort of you know being a pioneer in terms mm. of having people of color be really mm. you know established entities at least in the mainstream right and having that black panther movie just really break the mold in terms of having someone that just isn't you know your typical superhero you know what i mean like yeah. christopher reeve superman you know what i mean yeah. actually take on a starring role um, and establish that it's been really really helpful so yes you know, he is Black Panther, but, you know, he's really uplifting all of these, you know, other communities just by paving the way. And that really is just, you know, another sort of important thing that we can kind of take from his legacy. So, yeah, I mean, that movie was a box office, man, like for for a black superhero to be a, the lead actor and to carry a film and also be box office not only is the movie bomb as hell the script and everything and the storyline and the acting and the action but also at the box office it was a huge money maker so if anything yeah like as simu who's going to be the new asian superhero in the in in the next marvel movie like yeah that's huge for in paving the way for people of color dude people yeah. of color in hollywood yeah I cried at Black Panther, man. Dude, really for you for you to say that it says a lot, dude. Because hey, I've never man. seen you cry ever. You know, those stories, man, they, the journeys, you know what I mean? The journeys. Yeah. You, like, yeah. you really empathize. And that's what made that movie really, really, really good. You know what I mean? It's just because it's just like you could really feel like, you know, the plight. So M- Michael B. Jordan had to seek therapy, dude, after he... He played, uh, you know, Killmonger. Killmonger. Yeah, I mean, he was he was method acting, dude. He had to get his mindset into that, so he had to he had to go seek therapy afterwards. So yeah, <laughs> kudos kudos to um, to that movie, and yeah. you know, um, yeah, rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman. Before we move forward to the Lakers, this is why we brought Mike on. Hey, Mike, how do you feel about the Lakers closing it out? It's gentleman sweep, right? <laughs> I feel good. I mean, I think they really picked up their level of play, uh, starting from. Game two, um, and then I think you could just see their performance start to you know get better and better. I think, you know, looking at it now, I I was concerned. Like to be honest, like when the season started, for, even from that first game, I think they what they beat the Clippers in the first uh, seeding game. 
but you could just you could just tell that they were rusty. Mm-hmm. You know, they they were like not knocking down their their open threes, uh, slow on defense, and I was concerned. I was like, then like it's such a long time ago, but when the Lakers uh, right before the quarantine, the Lakers had just been like the Bucks. And the Clippers, the, uh, the Clippers, yeah. yeah. And I think, like at at least, I'll say for myself, like I was riding on a all time high as a Laker <laughs> fan, and I was like, oh my gosh, we, if we continue this, we're gonna f- be really, really feel really, really good going into playoffs. And the quarantine happened, and then yeah, you knew that they were gonna have some rust, but it was like game one, KCP going oh for like twelve, yeah, Danny Green that was going brutal. one for like I don't even know. I was I was concerned. I was like, dude, if if we get open or if we get knocked down on open jumpers, I think we're we're in a really really bad spot, especially with Dave playing like how he was playing. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. I think the 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 seeding games were not helpful as being a, a Laker fan. It it didn't yeah. put they did not put up what the performance we wanted and le- going into the playoffs, they also started taking some games off to rest. But yeah, the fr- that first game was indicative yeah. of how the bubble went, dude, for the Lakers. I mean, they like they didn't they lock up the first seed like yeah. in the first like in like the second or the third game. Yeah, which I was I was a little concerned about because I was like, okay, I know that they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna have to rest a bit, you know, or like make sure that they're not playing everyone just 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 to prevent injury. Yeah. But it's like. But the team also needs reps. <laughs> yeah. So it was kind of like this cat and mouse game. I mean, JC alluded to this earlier. When we when we chatted, uh, as we were talking about this series, you see the difference between Portland, game one, they played really well because they were in playoff mode the entire time. But they also wore down as the series yeah. went because they had to go all out for those eight games that had to play versus the Lakers actually rested a little bit. Uh, and they were rusty, but they started to gain momentum. Um, Ex- I don't know. Exactly. It's just like, the the port uh, the Blazers were in the opposite side of the spectrum in terms mm-hmm. of coming into the playoff picture. They were they were just playing for their lives, you know what I mean? Like they they had that that uh, elimination game or whatever. They were just trying to make you know the eighth seed. And the, you know I remember when we recorded like a couple weeks back, right? We were just all speculating about who would be the best matchup for the the Lakers and who would be you know the most dangerous matchup and. Portland was at least, you know, mm-hmm. my dark horse just because Dame was playing at an all-time level, man. I mean, he won bubble MVP, didn't he? Like He did. And yeah. he was just he was killing it, man. But the thing is, it's just like, you know, given the amount of games that they were playing, um, you know, eventually you're going to run out of steam. Yeah. And and like what we were saying, right? It's just like in series um in the playoffs, like the best teams generally end up being the one that kind of win that marathon of a, a series a seven game series and it you know showed to be the case here uh with the gentleman's sweep well let's not forget dame also got injured in uh game four yeah game wait it was game four yeah, yeah no he four. got well yeah I and mean, he i mean he hurt his he dislocated his finger like game two actually you're right Gay was game was yeah, yeah. yeah yeah he got hurt game four on his knee then he played game five yeah, but yeah he, he dislocated yeah. his finger and he pulled kind of a kobe move i mean he just taped it up and played uh the next game i mean something yeah. kobe would totally do i remember kobe dislocated his finger and uh i think uh, gary Vitti, who was a trainer at the time just popped it right just back in he it back went, in, yeah. went back on the court and i was like damn 
Wait, Gary Vee's not the trainer anymore? I didn't see <laughs> Dude, you retired long ago. This is news to me. He yeah. retired. He retired the same year that Kobe retired. Yeah. Oh, he was okay. like, "Hey, if yeah. Kobe's going, I'm done, man." It's just man. no one, I'm, no one realized it because Kobe retired. That man, year. I'm, yeah. shook. I'm shook. I'm just yeah. like, uh, anyway, but yeah, 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 exactly. If, I mean, if there's anybody at least in the league that has mama mentality, Dame would be up there, definitely for sure. Yeah. So. Uh- I was bummed, dude, when he got hurt. I, I know as a fan, sometimes you just want whatever edge you can get. You want to get to the uh, the next round, but I was definitely bummed because I'm a big Dame fan. I know you are too, JC, because he comes yeah. from Oakland, so yeah. from the Bay. You I know? don't know, man. Were you? Really? Yeah, man, I was. Dude, I'm, I'm... <laughs> hey, no, no, at no, the I end of the day, was, at the end of the day, you gotta. <laughs> there was a small part of yourself that was like. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I mean, okay. I've been there on the other side of yeah. the, the coin, right? In previous series, you know, I was just like, hey, you know, it'd be, it'd be a good time to have, you know, a little, uh, you know, hamstring, hamstring soreness for Chris Paul or something like that. You know what I mean? But. Now, I know what you mean, and, yeah. and and Dame's one of the players out there in the league that that's really hard to hate, just because he just really seems so authentic mm-hmm. when he comes out there, when he talks with the press, even the way that he just kind of you know just you know holds himself when he's playing on the court and interacts with other players. He's a real one, man, yeah. and it's you can't hate on that. You know what I mean? It's really hard to hate on that. So I believe you, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he came back. He he he's played game four, but they just didn't have any enough juice. It, the the Lakers' yeah, size it, is legit, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were they were giving them trouble, and it just came down to as soon as they were able to. I think like Nurkic mm-hmm. just gassed himself yeah. out. There was just a few fourth quarters where it was it it just it just looked hopeless for him. Yeah. Man. Um, Melo's gonna do Melo, but Melo's also not gonna play any defense. <laughs> and then it's just CJ, CJ, and Dame, and it's like, you know, just so hard in this league for 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 two guards to carry a team oh, when yeah. you're playing against two of the all-time forwards, you know, and um, in LeBron and AD. But damn, like CJ is so underrated. That mm-hmm. his game is so smooth. It's it's so nice and and you could tell like because uh, I follow uh, uh, Brick Brickley the C Brickley the yeah. oh yeah yeah, trains, yeah. Like, the train like, black, like, ops, black ops yeah black ops and then you could tell like the the moves that that CJ McCollum practices with him he just uses it like every those those moves he practices over and over again you can just, just see it in his game when he plays in NBA games this guy's so smooth. And CJ was playing with like an injury too. I think he had a back injury, like yeah, like back some fracture. back fracture. Yeah, man. So like even even more credit because he was yeah. coming up clutch. But again, yeah. it's just like, I mean, the Lakers, you know, they're like the monsters when they're on. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You can, it's it's going to be really really hard to overcome. I mean, um, shout out to CJ his game because as a guy as a, as a guy who's older now, you you like to watch someone with like those kind of skills. That he's not really like above the rim. He's just using yeah. like these crafty moves to get a shot off. He's not jumping over everyone. So like, I can definitely appreciate that now that I'm older. I'm not yeah. I'm not uh I'm not doing anything uh, too acrobatic anymore out there on the court. So yeah, that takes mad skills, man. Like how he just. Yeah, like when I I think like in this in the first in their first game back he got hung at the rim when he tried to die. Oh yeah, he got blocked by the rim, right? Yeah. yeah. 
So my question is, and I mean, I watched the games. Mm-hmm. I only caught like the second half for most of the games, Dad Life. But um, you know, you guys were watching it through and through, and you guys have been watching the Lakers at least through the whole season, if not for years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems like uh, Portland was running out of steam. But I want us, I want us get your input as as to how, if the Lakers actually cleaned up their defense a little bit, because it seemed like. You know, it was really hard for the for the Blazers to make some shots, especially during crunch time. Mm-hmm. What adjustments did the Lakers make to actually kind of clamp down? Like, was it just their length? Is it you know, was it focus? Like, I don't I don't know what well, changed, man. To put it into perspective, the Lakers' defense has always been good. Like, no, that hasn't gone away. In the bubble, if anything, their shooting went away, but their defense has been consistent. They've been a top defensive team. I mean, the, the two big guys, they funnel into the shot blockers. The perimeter D is pretty pretty decent, you know, as, as you can see in the Portland series. So the size kind of started beating them down because look, if you have size, you have shot blockers, you can funnel, you can, you can play uptight more. You just funnel these dribblers into the shot blockers. That's the beauty of having shot blocking, something the Clippers don't really have, which is one of their weaknesses, right? Hey, don't sleep on Zoo, man. <laughs> That's true, man. Hey, Zoo's a Laker, dude. Zoo's a former Laker. I'm actually a fan of Zoo. <laughs> I mean, JaVale, Dwight, yeah. Anthony Davis. I, I mean, mean, LeBron's a shot blocker in a you, way, too. You, a you've dude. seen JaVale up close, so you know he's a legit shot blocker. Exactly, man. So it's just like, you know, that's... I mean, when you, especially with smaller guards, like... I mean, if those threes aren't hitting, <laughs> you're you're done, man. Because you can't yeah. you can't go into the trees and, and expect to make shots not at a high level. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. Well, you yeah. force yeah, a team into being a jump shooting team, they're eventually gonna miss the sh- percentages are gonna catch up to you, right? Yeah. And I mean, yeah, I, th- I think they just got worn out. Mm-hmm. You know, like Lillard wasn't hitting threes from the logo as much. Yeah. You know, and and we were giving CJ. I think we were giving him the drive so he would just you know take a mid-range jumper mm-hmm. you know and i mean he would make that most of the time but you know i th- i think i think that's that's kind of just what the lakers game game plan was you know let's just let's just give him these sort of like these 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 contested mid-range as opposed to or like semi-open mid-range as opposed to them just knocking down threes on us and you're just just getting hot on us because i think that's that's that was really the only way to beat the Lakers. Yeah, they they just needed to get ridiculous from three, and that's what they did in game one. And and I want to point out also one of the benefits of having an all defensive player in Unibrow in, in uh, Anthony Davis is when you put normally when what Dame Dame Linder is really good at is putting a picker on with Nurkic, right? Whatever big that uh, the guy that's guarding Nurkic is in, right? But when we go small, we finally put AD at the five, which is our best lineup. AD can switch out and hedge the bet on first Dame. He doesn't have to sag off. A lot of big guys they can't keep up with these small guards, but they, I mean Anthony Davis can can in in decent fashion step up and really follow the guard at least on a drive to challenge the shot or to the three-point line he can raise his hand and really put contest it so like there's a beauty in how good ad is defensively dude yeah man he's i mean he Giannis won the defensive player of the year but ad is definitely up there with Giannis in terms of being able to just guard everything perimeter rim you know what i mean it's just yeah it's really scary you know, I mean, he, and, he was the MVP of the series. I mean, this yeah. guy put on a show. 
well after Shaq called him out after game <laughs> one you know what I mean it's like yeah. Shaq was like yeah AD needs to do more and you, AD's numbers weren't yeah. even that bad on game one man and he yeah. came up clutch and that's you know that's why they copped him that's why they picked him up and he's making a huge difference for sure jeez well, that's why you bet the farm, dude. You sell the farm, which we actually did. We sold the farm for, for AD. It was worth yeah. it, dude. Worth any every penny. Well, B- until we get the title, I guess. Yeah. B.I. and Lonzo? <laughs> yeah, you know what? <laughs> Based on where you guys are. <laughs> uh, last thing about at least my, my thoughts about Portland is like Portland actually kind of had some size to match up with, with the mm-hmm. Lakers. I don't know if there are any other squads out there, at least, you know, in the Western Conference that can match you know, size for size. I mean, Nurkic, Whiteside was big. Obviously, they're not as skilled, but yeah, I don't know, man. It's just like I, I mean, think, were, I think yeah. maybe Denver, yeah, with, with uh, Jokic and I don't know, like they Pumley got they got Millsap, they got Plumley, they got a bunch of athletic yeah, forwards yeah, too. Yeah. But it's like in terms of skill level, I mean, <laughs> I don't know if that if if you know if they were able to if the Lakers were able to to get past Portland, I mean. And this is the formula. I don't know. How, you know, do we yeah. think it's going to be enough to play? You know, bully ball through the rest of the playoffs to be able to kind of to win these matchups and be interesting. Well, that's yeah, that's definitely going to be an interesting story because we have uh, the other end of it. You know, the Lakers are w- awaiting their opponent, and uh, it's either going to be Oklahoma City Thunder or the Rockets. And right now, as of now, as recording, the the Rockets are up three two in the series. So with Westbrook coming back last game. And he's looking pretty decent, considering he's been out with, uh, I think, a, a sore quad or a strained quad. And, yeah, if they got Westbrook back, it's they're going to be a beast of a team. You know, that that small ball is is uh, pretty deadly. Um, Mike, are you are you uh, are you do you have a preference of who would you want to play the Lakers to match up with next series or you don't care? Um, I, I, I think I would I would I would rather have OKC. Mm. You know, we've uh, had success against them during the regular season um but again their three card their three guard lineup is i'm not like (laughs) that 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 kind of makes me uneasy a bit Mm -hmm. the fact especially the fact that we don't have avery bradley and i think like when dame was was killing us uh game one i think that's that's when we missed him the most you know because he would fit into that role and he was a pretty consistent shooter and at least during game one the defense was there with kcp and danny green but then they weren't able to like hit the shot but then they at least gave us like at least with bradley we would be able to have sort of that three guard defensive lineup to match up with okc but i i i don't like i think i would rather just just from uh i think ad would be a huge factor if we played okc Mm -hmm. Right, just because like, I don't think anyone on that team can can guard can guard AD, and no, you have like who Gallinari who's gonna yeah. match up with him. So like he's just gonna he's just gonna feast, you yep. know. So that's yeah, and, and and the team goes the way that AD goes. Like LeBron is obviously captain of the ship, and he's you're gonna get what you get from LeBron, but AD is the one that's gonna put you over the top. What about you, Jack? Who do you who do you who do you think who do you want well, to match I mean, up? 
for, for to win, I want them to be matched up with the Oklahoma City Thunder. I think the Rockets actually present the Lakers with a huge problem, dude. I mean, if they played the Rockets, it would be the ultimate test in as you as you said, JC, bully ball versus small ball. I mean, it's they're polar opposites, man. They're completely polar opposite styles. Where you got, I think Covington sometimes plays cent- center, and he's like what yeah. six seven, six eight, and we're, we're talking about like these guys, and they jack up fifty plus threes a game. These guys are just going to shoot up jack of threes, and it's going to really test if the Lakers can either guard the three or just hope they flame out and get tired and the percentages catch up where they don't make as many threes. But to be honest, that team is coached by D'Antoni. Their, their style, it, it's hit or miss. But if they hit, I mean, it could we could flame out, dude. They could burn us. They could burn us on, to, the, to the stakes, dude. It's an 82-game style, not a 16-game style. (laughs) We'll see, dude. They they doubled down even more on the small ball this year. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like if P.J. Tucker is playing five and, you know, you got Dwight backing him down or, you know what I mean, or AD or JaVale, it's just like it's going to be a crazy style. And, I mean, it's just just, if, if they shoot lights out, it might be game over early, but at the same time, if they start missing, you know. And Mike can attest to this. Some of the games that we watched that the Lakers played the Rockets this season, the problem is we get stuck in their up-tempo style, and we turn the ball over a lot. We're, like, lobbing the ball in because we have this size advantage, but sometimes yeah. they're not catching these lobs because they're either fronting the post or they scramble, and they're putting a, they get to put a lot of pressure onto the ball, too. So we end up peeing in this track meet that we don't want to be in because... You kind of play to, uh, you know, like, as you said, the best team always imposes their style of play on the other yeah. team. And that's that's the fear where they they have a distinct style, dude. <laughs> Rockets have a distinct style. Either you, you impose your will or you, you, you kind of fall into their, their trap. They're, they're dangerous, man. Hell yeah. They, they are Harden? dangerous. Dude, Harden. For sure, man. Harden like, can go Harden. off, man. I mean, if it weren't for Dame, like Harden might have won Bubble MVP. He was putting up numbers. You know what I mean? Like he and I've seen him in in the playoffs, and he's unstoppable, dude. Like I don't care if you have AD or Dwight Howard there. James Harden is gonna find a way, mm-hmm. or he's gonna get whistles actually. And you know what I mean? You got and, that right. And shoot some free throws. So, like that's a that's a problem. And then you got Russ. And like we don't, I, I haven't seen Russ that much in the Houston system. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, I mean, but he he's won an MVP. He can take over games as well. So it's it's really really interesting. Yeah, he just ups the pace. He ratchets up the pace. As you know, Westbrook coast to coast is one of the fastest guards in the league. So when you push the ball, you spread the shooters. All he has to do is kick it out. Do you just get another three? Just keep pumping up the threes, man. It's actually kind of. I, I wish like back in the day when we played ball, we just did that. <laughs> that this new style. It's, it's great. Oh my gosh! Uh, yeah, dude. That's how I know that I'm like, not that I'm old, but like <laughs> I'm I'm getting older because <laughs> I watch the style of the play and I absolutely hate it. I, <laughs> I hate the way that Houston plays basketball. You have that yeah, old school like, mindset. That's why. <laughs> feet the post. Yeah, feet no the post. Other, like yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I I do think that if uh, like McGee and Dwight are gonna see probably very limited minutes if we do play Houston, yeah. and we're gonna have to trust Kuz uh, a lot, which Oof. I don't know if I'm I don't know if I'm in a place where I can really say that. Yeah, 
Man. That's yeah, tough. Man. That's tough. I mean, I, I like Kuz, but he's definitely not trustworthy now. But he can definitely put up a, I don't know, like a, a 25 piece on anybody on any given night. That's for sure. If he gets hot. The thing is with, with uh, Houston, he actually has done that. He's been the X factor in a lot of these games where you get yeah. a surprise and he puts up like 25 points and we win the game. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. He's, I mean, he's got to be. He's got to be the X factor. Just like 80s, the X factor with OKC. He's, uh, Kuz is the X factor with... Uh... Houston and I think as you said dude Avery Bradley not being here is a huge blow for the Lakers it's huge man this guy we leaned on him for most of the year and he's been solid he's been more than solid on the defensive end and there's been many games where he picks up on the offense like a surprising hero where he chips in 15 to 20 points and kind of brings us home because of that intensity it brings so that's it's a huge blow man but I mean hey it is what it is He, he, he had to take care of business and you know, we got to roll with J.R. Smith as the backup. Oh, my gosh, man. You, oh, man. Jack, did you, did you send me yeah. something? Like, Did you see that, you? Mike? Did you see the, the clip what? where he shot a three <laughs> <laughs> from, like, way beyond? He was, like, out of bounds by, like, a foot, oh, dude. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was yesterday's game. Yeah, that was it? yesterday's uh, game. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't a crucial <laughs> moment, but. God. Hey, it's so... JR's on the squad because you guys lost some players, Avery Bradley yeah. and Rondo got injured, right? So yeah. Leon Waiters and JR's got signed. Is there a chance that Rondo comes back for this upcoming series? There so is, what's dude. Going on? There is. He's uh he's working his way back. I heard he had uh, back spasms because he's been out for a while and he's coming back from injury, so I think his conditioning's off. It's going to take a while, dude. It it's really tough to go from an injury to right into the playoffs, you know. You got to We're talking about like these the peak athletes, man. Like you can't go from zero to hundred easy, dude. Russ seemed to do it pretty well yesterday. <laughs> I mean, he's Russ is younger than Rondo. <laughs> Take it into account. Rondo's Rondo is definitely old in NBA age. <laughs> man, he's doing like all those boxing workouts, man. He should That's be true. good to go, man. What did he? What did he hurt? He, he fractured his hand. So technically, his conditioning shouldn't um. be too bad. It's not a lower lower body injury, so. It shouldn't be too bad. You but the guy is get, is what? I, don't, I forgot how old he is. He's definitely late 30s, though. You think he could be an X-Factor, though? You think he could play this? I mean, like... who Playoff like, Rondo, man. Come on. No, but that's, that's what I'm saying, though. It's like, in the rotation right now, whose spot would he take? I mean, obviously, JR and... and D, I mean, I saw QC get some minutes, so... Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I'd rather oh, have knows, Rondo yeah. out there than Quinn Cook. All due respect to Quinn. Love you, dude, but... You're not with no, you're not with us anymore. So stay on the bench, bro. Do you think he can make a difference, Mike? Rondo? Yeah. Um. Yeah, maybe you punch Chris Paul in the face. <laughs> <laughs> get the get them both ejected, and then we win without Chris Paul. <laughs> I. You know what? I don't know. Like I. I'm sure. I'm sure he will. Just from his like. It, at least it's, it's 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 someone to run and that that's what we signed Rondo for and that's where he found success when he was playing during the regular season was the person to run the offense when LeBron wasn't in the game yeah yeah and maybe that was a bit of trouble that we ran into in the bubble when he wasn't in there so yeah you know whatever minutes those are you know if he could fill that role then that'd be great it's continuity but if not fluidity yeah. of the offense you know yeah. what I mean because I felt like like before the playoffs, the offense was really. It was bad. Well, yeah, I was trying yeah. to find a, a word, yeah. but yeah, bad. Obvi- 
So I think that would help. I think experience potentially mm-hmm. yeah. uh, might help. I mean, he's been through a lot of battles. He's <laughs> he's uh, a little bit of an instigator as well. And Russ is, you know, he's a little firecracker. So a little a little chicken chicken elbow or whatever from Rondo yeah. to Russ. You know, you can get an ejection or whatever <laughs> from Russ. And that could change the series, bro. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, and like in the playoffs, it's like, you know, a- any advantage you can get, like mental, physical, whatever, you got to take it, right? And, you know, it'll be and, interesting to see what he can bring to the table. And you can bet your money that Rondo's going to be playing mind games. Yeah, man. That guy's a vet, man. He does all that weird yeah. shit. I remember he was like licking basketballs. He was, <laughs> he was he was putting like sweat on it from his forehead to the basketball right before someone was like shooting a free throw. It's just like, man. Dude, that's what that's what we're about, man. That's what the Lakers are about. Hey, win at all costs. We're, right? we're just weird as hell. We got Dwight on our team. Yeah, we, we got, got we got, we got Caruso on our team. We got a weird team. We do I, got a weird team. Actually, uh, I was telling Jack this, and I don't want to, you know, kind of hijack the the conversation from the preview. But I was just like, and this is coming from obviously a Warrior fan, but I was just like. Uh, and I was pulling for the Blazers. I won't lie. I, I was actually trying to. I was trying to trigger Jack a couple of times. He, he you were, not, dude. He was not biting, dude. He was not biting. I, was I know you to too well, sp- man. I know you I was, too well. I was. I was just trying to make it spicy. Anyway, <laughs> um, like no, like and you guys brought it up. Like this team is weird, but like I can't find anybody to like on the Lakers. Obviously, LeBron <laughs> has been like a. a what? A Come nemesis. on, Caruso. Caruso, you love yeah, Caruso. Yeah, what about Caruso? Yeah, what about Caruso? Yeah, AC. Uh, uh, AC. I mean, yeah. AC is the only one that I, I like from from the team. It may be JaVale just because of history. But, like, you know, the Morris, the other Morris twin, like, Kuz. I, I'm, I'm sorry, Kuz, but I just, I can't, like, <laughs> I feel like he's. He's just waiting to get on an IG right after the game. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's just like. Like, Wait, are you are you saying liking them as basketball players or liking them as people? No, no, because you know what I mean. Like Dame has that X factor, right? Like when you see Dame, yeah. you just kind of you like him. Like you're just like, yeah, I could I could root for this guy, even though he's not on my team. And I, like, I want to root for the Lakers, uh, you know, because no, you I have no horse. Just because I care about like, Jack and you, Mike, but like I can't. It's hard, hard bro. It's to get so, out, man. It's so hey, hard. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on blast. You've been you've been rooting for the Lakers to lose for a long time, even before like for years, man, for years. Yeah, but I've I've been I've been wanting to find a reason. That's what I'm trying yeah. to say. It's like I've been gotcha. wanting to find a reason to cheer for the Lakers, and it's hard. Like you guys aren't making it easy for the non-Laker fan to like you guys. So it's just like. What is it about the, the the players? You guys are longtime Laker fans, right? You've seen like the Kobe teams. You've seen the you know the Shaq, Kobe teams. Maybe you've even seen like Nick Van Exel and Eddie Jones. Like, what is so different about this team? You know what I mean? I want a Laker insight. I mean, I, I wouldn't say it's it's different in the sense that it's a new collection of players. You know, like these guys just really formed recently. If you really think about it, so. Like, there, is there as much of attachment to, let's say, a Kobe-led team back in the past where Kobe mm-hmm. was with us for 20 years, man? Like, yeah, it's different. It, it's it's That's why it feels like a ragtag group of guys because it is, yeah. dude. Like, it's like the Clippers, too. The Clippers are a ragtag. They yeah. just got put together this yeah. year. So can you feel as connected to the team? No, not right away. It's going to take time because, look, LeBron's only been with us two years. So it's not like, hey, man, we've been rooting for this guy for a freaking 
five to ten years, you know. So it's it takes some adjustment, you know. It takes some yeah. adjustment too. And yeah. eighty just really came, man. So hey, they're putting up the wins because they're that just they're that great. They're good, and good. the coach honestly has been doing a really good job. Vogel has really put together a really good game plan. Because I'll right. be honest, it's not easy to win even if you have two of the probably top five players. I mean, the Miami Heat didn't win right away. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, I give Vogel you know props for that, but. I mean, honestly, he's not likable, at least from a non-Laker fan perspective. You know, I just like, dude, it's Frank Vogel. I might even like Doc Rivers more than Frank Vogel. You know what I mean? But and I, yeah. I actually don't like Doc that much. You know what I mean? Uh, but no, I just it's it's just interesting. I'm just kind of yeah. curious. What do you think? What do you? Th- I don't mean to put you on the spot, Mike, but it's just like I mean, you guys, you guys put it out there. It's just I, like, it's just I don't know, man. I just I feel like you're just a hater, dude. <laughs> I'm just no. Nah, I'm just playing with no, you. I don't know. No, no. I, 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 I mean, LeBron. Everyone is LeBron is like such a freaking polarizing player. Yeah. You know, you either hate him or you love him. Yeah, yeah. And I think the team kind of just goes with the way that the leader goes. Mm-hmm. And you could definitely tell, you know, the different leadership styles between Kobe and LeBron and how different those teams are. Like Kobe was kind of fall in line or get out. LeBron was. LeBron's kind of like that too, but he does it in a more passive-aggressive way, which is, which is which unlikable. Is, I, I, I could, yeah, it's unlikable. Yeah, but for the at least for the ones that like he wants on his team, you know, you could really see the brotherhood is very like mm. external, right? It's a very out there, mm. and this you could tell that they're having a lot of fun. So I, I would say that's like the main difference between mm. this team and any any other Laker team that we saw because it was like. When Kobe and Shaq were winning, it was just like, this is what we're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. You know, this is like, th- we're handling business right now. Yeah, yeah. With with this team, it's just, they seem to be enjoying it. I personally cannot, like, I'm still trying to figure out, like, which one of those I prefer. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I don't know. I just, I... I, I, I just, I like that they're winning. That's, that, that's just me as a Laker <laughs> that makes fan. I like... It, you could fill in the blank, you know, put in whoever, as long as they win. Yeah. yeah. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> it's about the results. Yeah. Yeah. It's about the results. Then, yeah. Yeah. And uh, again, I'm, I'm, I mean, I, I want to like them for you guys because I know you guys are true Blue <laughs> Laker fans. I really do. And you know what I mean? And I think the allegiance with a team. Uh, sort of takes precedence over the players in in this case. for sure. Oh hell yeah! I told you, I told you that, yeah, JC. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I root for the Lakers, dude. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm not. Root- I mean, I'm there. The players, I'm obviously rooting for too. You become attached to the players, yeah. but at the same time, you're rooting for the team. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you know that all too well, right? Yeah. 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 Exactly. Exactly. And no, and and that I understand in this equation. And yeah, I I, I mean, I think you could just just look at like. Like for me, a very if you wanted to get like a very good example of how I am as a Laker fan, mm-hmm. it's uh, when Dwight played with us before and he sucked. Oh. I hated him. <laughs> when Dwight plays with us now and he's doing better than expected, I love him. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So that's just that's just where I am with these guys. <laughs> not, not I mean, that's another uh, interesting ragtag <laughs> like Dwight being part of the team and res- his resurgence, I guess, yeah. or buying into his role basically. Yeah. I think that, yeah, the question was coming from a place of, like, you know, these guys could really make a deep run, especially with the way that they're playing right now. And I want a narrative to come along with that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I want a story to kind of 
you know, at least for non-Laker fans, just so that we can kind of find a connection with regards to this. And I mean, well, I'll tell you du- what, Dwight's you, story it, is is a connection, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Dwight, what in many ways is a reclamation project, even though he was like he had all the accolades and right that's something to kind of cheer for i mean he's kind of he's kind of like in that mellow situation right mm-hmm. where he kind of really got to he, he had to be humbled right and he's making adjustments and he's playing better right and i think you know for the other side of our listener base at least one i'm repping right it's like you know what is it about this laker team that i could like <laughs> I'll, I'll help you out all right this is the only reason you should hope the lakers win just do it for kobe all right that's it yeah. that's the only narrative Dang, that needs man. to be run for this Dang, season man. um yeah. if yeah. we could get the title and just get, prop up kobe you know for this year this this devastating year 2020 as a laker fan i'm saying as a laker fan that'd yeah. be great i mean in terms of other teams and stuff i'm sure everyone's rooting for their team to, to mm. get the chip but mm. for us that would that would be the the cherry on top. Dang, man, you yeah. had to pull the trump. Oh card. no! Oh, wait, JC, I got it. I got <laughs> yeah. it. I I got the the secret pill that will help you root for the, the Lakers at pill. least for this season. The purple pill. All right, the purple pill. Um, you want the Lakers to make it to the finals and to beat the Bucks. Right, because you know where I'm going with this. You know where I'm going with this. You're selling it because you want a you want a certain player to be very unhappy with this team and think that his team cannot win. I'm listening. Okay, absolutely. Right, and you want that certain player to look at other options around the league. Mm -hmm. One of those being the Golden State Warriors. So be careful, Mike. You you're go. tampering. You're tampering. Yeah, right. I know. Maybe as long as it gets the Lakers one more fan this, at least for this season. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> that that was a much better pitch than mine. Kobe. Nah, man, I don't know. I don't know. Like, regardless of what happens to the uh, the the Greek freak on on his end, um, he might reevaluate things given how er- the early struggles are there. But I mean, these are very very compelling cases. <laughs> The Kobe yeah, case, man. actually, I mean, you know, Kobe really has kind of, you know, I mean, he's there's there's there are certain things bigger than like fandom and, and basketball. Yeah. Right. And, you yeah. know, and you can't beat that that story. You know what I mean? With Kobe. And I mean, I, I can't say nothing about that. You know what I mean? Like even I'm sure even the warrior players, warrior ownership would just be like, yeah, you know, for Kobe. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, I mean. I mean that's just narratives on the side. There's still a lot of basketball that's going to be played, right? So we got to really kind of figure out, you know, you know how how the season is, uh, the the rest of the playoffs going to work out. There's still a couple. There are three more rounds, man. So we're getting ahead of ourselves. But I was just kind of curious, kind of throw a kibosh into this whole conversation. Hey, man, it's all right. You gotta you gotta uh, poke the bear, all right? Yeah, man. So you know, let's 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 move towards finishing this episode. I I actually I wondered uh, Mike's thoughts, you know, before we close our last topic, and we'll, we'll we'll finish it quickly. What did you think about the NBA boycott? Technically, it wasn't a boycott because the Milwaukee Bucks wanted to forfeit their game, so that's not really a boycott. But let's just call it a boycott. Um, and subsequently, yeah. what happened with all the you know other leagues? Actually, some of the other leagues like the WNBA, MLB. Uh, NFL practices, people started uh, boycotting them. Um, and yeah, the NBA for 48 hours, we weren't sure if they were going to come back, actually. But 
cooler heads prevailed and they, they developed an action plan, you know, for for the owners and the NBA to really move towards social like towards against social injustice and stuff like that. So that's why the players are back on the court. Like, did you have any thoughts, Mike? Uh, we just want to get your thoughts actually about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I was I was pleasantly surprised that when I heard about the Bucks uh, canceling their game or, or forfeiting their game. You know, I um, I think a, a, a lot is said during these times and you know we're seeing these players um rightfully and in their right like rightfully in their right to speak up on this you know and and just to see sort of a demonstration of that uh to see the w the WNBA Mm kind of lead that and then you know the rest of the leagues follow with that to bring awareness to social injustice um, and to actually try to get some action plan for at least the NBA mm-hmm. to do something. Um, and I think like they, they uh, are establishing like a social justice coalition. Um, they're, tr- they're converting some of their, um, was it the, the, the arenas that they play in yeah. into, into voting centers? Exactly. Um, and, and and I think that that's like it's it's amazing like if if you were to tell me that the Lakers or not the Lakers that the NBA would have boycotted the season and then that would have been it you know no more 2020 is canceled mm-hmm. I would have been upset but I would have understood mm-hmm. you know because this this sport does not belong to me mm-hmm. and these players do not belong to me they 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 obviously play for my entertainment, but they they are people, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that's you know these people that are sort of that are criticizing the, the boycott and saying you know I I shut up and dribble and 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 all that you know it's it's you can't have it both ways where you know we're celebrating them for reaching the pinnacle of of being an athlete, but for a lot of them reaching the pinnacle of being of reaching the pinnacle of an athlete was the only way that they could get themselves out of the the social injustices that they that they were like experiencing their entire lives so you know to me it's 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 a very very powerful thing to see these players come together you know and i think them being in this bubble together sort of brings the brotherhood out even more and um you know, I, I, I fully support it, <laughs> mm-hmm. and and you know, I, I hope it just keeps going. Yeah. Did you have any thoughts, JC? No, I mean, it, yeah, know, well I, said, dude. Well yeah, said. it's really well said, Mike. I mean, I'm I'm kind of in the same page as as Mike with regards to this. I mean, um, there are certain things that are bigger than basketball, right? And and this is real life, and it was just nice to see the players willing to to put their welfare on the line to actually get the message out there and uh you know that's that's it takes a lot to be able to 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 take that risk and i mean you know it's an uphill battle it's only the start i think mm-hmm. the more you know them uh essentially threatening to 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 put all of this you know at risk just highlights the importance the urgency to be able to kind of you know work towards 
you know finding uh, a better way to you know to to resolve a lot of these you know systemic issues it mm-hmm. just it, it just tells you how serious it is so yeah man yeah i i like how at the end of the day the purpose of them returning to play basketball of course there's a lot of other reasons but it was because they wanted to use their platform for these things and they have i mean by the boycott it showed how powerful that they are not only that they affected all these other sports and all these people have followed suit in what they were trying to do but more than that is they as a collective unit we're talking about hundreds of players here they were able to it, it's i mean we all work in environments it's really hard to get everyone on the same page look in any company yeah. we're talking about a whole wide like hundreds of employees it's very hard to get a hundred employees to be all on the same page and and then develop a plan in two days and try to execute yeah. it for something that's obviously bigger than the employers it's not their job to solve social injustice and racial injustice they can they can only do something to use their platform to help the cause because look it's not going anywhere racism is not going anywhere but the fact that they are able to put these things together get together on the same page with all these powerful black you know leaders in their community also affluent black people to use that leverage for the betterment of their own community communities it's a beautiful thing and this is exactly why they came back to play in the bubble and it's not just about basketball as jcu said these this is much bigger than basketball and our our podcast ball versus life honestly at the end of the day life is always greater than ball so i'm glad i am just so proud of the nba and look we have to get credit to the nba too they've been in the forefront of sports in this regard too so props to the nba and i'm a proud fan of the nba and the lakers and all these other players that they that they put this online so either way if the lakers win or lose this year i'm just glad that in this 2020 man of all this tragedy and all the things that are going on there's still a lot of positives coming out of it i mean that's just my take well said man yeah well, yeah man well with that said i mean thanks mike you know we'll, we'll we'll wind it down now thanks for coming on bro yeah thanks for having me it's amazing to talk to you guys again it's jc it's been a while since i i think it was it's been last time we got korean barbecue together when you were here so isn't that weird to think that that we could go to k barbecue i know time we could actually leave the house and do stuff right it's been a minute no thank you thank you for joining us it's always always a pleasure to talk to you always coming up with poignant uh, thoughts and it's just you know authentic feelings man this is the way we like it so thank you so much for coming through <laughs> and hey lastly yeah. uh I'm, I'm pretty sure mike made the right pitch and next thing you know next week or next couple of weeks you're gonna be hearing uh, yeah. jc rooting for the lakers man yeah man i'm i'm, I'm on we'll a, send you a jersey bro yeah I'm, I'm on a fanatics right now i'm trying to get a, a jersey so you know what i mean <laughs> All right, guys, with that said, we'll end it here. You know, you can follow us on Ball vs. Life Official on IG. You can shoot us an email, ballvsslife at gmail.com. Rate, subscribe, review. We appreciate it. Thank you, Mike, again. Catch you on the next episode. Peace. Peace. See you. Bye.